Hey friends, I am so excited that you are here with me today. Happy November. It is going to be a good day. We have good conversation about to happen because today we are going to talk about the number one tactic the enemy uses and he has used since the garden. That tactic is doubt. These aren't new tactics. They aren't even clever tactics, but the more we are prepared for battle, the more we can fight and be prepared against his attacks. Before we dig into the word, I want to read a review from the Abundant Woman Collective podcast. This one is from Paige Bacani. It reads, I believe that Sam will help me continue walking in freedom with Jesus as my faith grows abundantly. I am so here for this message of hope. Thank you so much, Paige. I appreciate those encouraging words. And if you want your review read out loud, simply head to the Abundant Woman Collective podcast and leave a review and then listen in each week as I read one and hopefully it'll be yours soon. All right, friends, grab your cup of coffee, your hot tea, let your Bible and let's dig in. Welcome to the Abundant Woman Collective podcast. This podcast is one that seeks to help women cultivate a faith that soaks into every single corner of their lives, changing them wholly and completely. Hosted by Samantha Siemens, founder of the Abundant Women Collective, this podcast features conversations that uplift, encourage, challenge, and empower women to step into true freedom in Christ. If you're ready to go all in with the Jesus-led life, to step out of the overwhelm, anxiety, and stress of this world, and to step into a life of freedom and abundance, this podcast is for you. Okay, so if you've been with me for any length of time now, you know that I really love definitions. I like to define what we are talking about. And the dictionary I use is Webster Miriam because it often, it's biblically based. It often has like the Christian definition or scripture as well. And so I'm down for that. So today, let's define it. We are going to define doubt. Doubt is to call into question the truth of, to be uncertain or in doubt about to lack confidence in, aka distrust, to consider unlikely. Y'all, all three of those definitions ring true in my life. Do any of these sound familiar for you? Have you ever questioned the truth of the Bible? Maybe not forthright, like I don't believe in the Bible. Maybe that's not something you said, but maybe in your doubting and how little faith you had in what could actually happen. Or have you ever called into question just how much he loves you? And if you're even recoverable from this sin, or I have definitely lacked confidence in myself and in who he's created to me to be at one point or another, like how can he use me for this thing that he had for me, right? And I've definitely considered myself unlikely, even for this podcast in ministry. I had to walk through confidence issues with God, holding my hand and encouraging me through, um, honestly, about a year ago, nine months, a year ago, I was like, man, he is, this is a great idea. This is a great calling, but is this for me? Because how like unlikely is it that a girl from California who ends up in Tennessee, AKA the Bible belt would pause her profitable marketing business to launch this ministry. It's unlikely because I'm not special or famous or have a lot of money or anything that would feel like the Disney fairy tale version of what should happen. Right. But I'm pretty sure if you open the Bible, I'm pretty sure Peter had his doubts. 
like when he was walking on water with Jesus, then went for a swim. (laughs) Or Andrew, who lived in the shadows of his famous brother, Peter Simon. Or the tax dude, Matthew, who the people actually hated because, well, because he was a tax dude. He was a tax collector, and they were known to be shady back then. Or, of course, there was Thomas, who was nicknamed Doubting Thomas, because he didn't believe that Christ resurrected until he touched Jesus' hand and feet for himself. My favorite part of that story, by the way, just a little side note, is that Jesus offered up his scars to show him. He saw Thomas's doubt and showed him the proof anyways. Anyways, that's a whole nother, it's a whole nother sermon. I love it. And I can literally keep going on about people in the Bible who had their fair share of doubt, who thought they weren't good enough, who questioned, who questioned even when they had walked this earth with Jesus. These dudes were with him and they still had questions and they still had doubt. And we will see that this doubting is not original. It's not something new, but it is a tactic that the enemy has used and continues to use for God's children to doubt, have us doubt our father, to doubt his holiness, his truthness, his authority, his sovereignty. In Genesis 3, verses 1 to 4, the father of lies asked the first question in the Bible. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. And (laughs) the serpent said, surely you will not die. The serpent said to the woman. And there it is. (laughs) There is the first tiny seed of doubt planted in the Bible. And we know how the rest of the story ends. Um, But the enemy used doubt to get to Eve and then to Adam to question the word of God. He wasn't this big, scary monster hiding in our closet or this evil figure we we see represented today. He was a snake and an animal in the garden who used words and doubt to trick Adam and Eve. And we know what happens from there. And then again, later in 2 Corinthians 11, 3, we get a warning and it says, but I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. That's really the goal, right? Is to lead us astray. If we're doubting the truth, if we're doubting who we are, who he's made us to be, then we're being led astray. God is no longer our number one necessarily priority because we're not 100% confident in what he's telling us, if his Bible's true, all of the things, right? It takes that tiny seed of doubt to make us wonder about other things. In the second Corinthians scripture, Paul is warning the church of Corinth about the false, the false apostles. He uses the original deception as an example, but in the previous chapter, he wrote that his weapons were not of the flesh, but carried divine power to destroy the strongholds of a spiritual enemy, doing battle for the thoughts and minds of believers. Friends, that is still true today. The tactics have not changed. There is an enemy who is after you, and and he is after your mind because the mind can control everything else. These tactics aren't new, but praise God, we have a God that has already won and he's sovereign and he is the ultimate authority and his word is true. And we know how to fight against these silly tactics. Friends, if you are looking for a warm, fuzzy episode, this might not be it yet. We do get warm, fuzzy at the end, but this is an episode 
that we are going to prepare for battle. In order to do that, (laughs) I'm going to give you three things to do. But first, let's talk about, because one of the most questions, the most frequently asked questions I hear in my short years in ministry, and I know my dad's probably heard forever in ministry, but is like, how do we know the Bible's true? Where did God come from? I've heard, how do you get Noah's animals on the ark? I've heard so so many different questions that are talking about the accuracy of the Bible. And these questions can come from believers and non-believers alike. Maybe you've asked that. Here's the thing, asking some questions is okay, it's healthy, because if I want to know why the Bible's true, then I'm going to do my research and figure out why the Bible's true, right? That part is healthy. If we are digging into the word as the ultimate resource, then the answers are there. In Luke, it says, seek and you will find. But when we are entertaining questions like those above that might lead us to doubt, or we are using questions like this as an excuse to stay away from God, then that's thin ice. It's thin ice and it's not okay. If we have questions, there are answers. So if you have questions, I want to encourage you to find the answers to them. Message me and I will help you find the answers. But sometimes we use those questions to cause a gap between us and the Lord because that seed of doubt has been planted and we're really not sure what the truth is, right? So let's talk about three ways to face doubt head on, any doubt. This is doubt whether it's your identity in Christ, doubt in the Bible's accuracy, doubt that you and I are unlikely women of God would use to further his kingdom, all of them. Whatever doubt you have, let's combat them with these three tactics. Ready? Number one, be honest about your thoughts and doubts. Like, what are the conversations going on in your head or the ones that you casually say out loud? I have friends, praise Jesus for friends like this, guys, that I, it was last week, I said something like casually, like I'm stupid or that, I didn't say I'm stupid, but like that's stupid or something like that. And she called me out. She was like, don't say that. Don't give the enemy a stronghold. Don't give him foot ground in your mind and your words, because like the study we're doing with my kids, like. There's power in the tongue. That's a whole nother episode that's coming. But if these thoughts are going in your head, and even if you casually say them out loud or it's funny or whatever, are these thoughts giving life or are they showing a real problem? Are they showing doubt or lack of confidence? We need to confront evidence of unbelief in our own mind and heart because we have the most influence over ourselves. We get to listen to our mind and our hearts all day long. Like our voice is the one we hear probably the most, right? If we ignore them and pretend they don't exist, they can grow and pester. And so as I was typing out my notes for today, I was, I was envisioning, I was seeing sitting water, right? So there's a pond, a sitting water that doesn't move. And if it doesn't move, then it gets stagnant. When water gets stagnant, it grows bacteria and mold and gross stuff. (laughs) It's literally a breeding green, a breeding ground, excuse me, for stuff. The longer it sits, the more dangerous it gets. Think about that for a minute. If we let our thoughts just sit, if we ignore them, they fester. They grow bacteria. They get dangerous. The longer we let those doubts, those thoughts that are not from God, those objections sit, the more dangerous they get, the more gross the water gets. 
So before we can clear the water, we need to see that there's a problem. At the end of this um, episode, we're going to do a little exercise together. But the first step, the very first step is acknowledge them. Be honest about them. Grab them. I literally, for doing the pond metaphor, (laughs) get your net in that water and scoop them out. Like, I'm a visual person. Sorry, guys. But capture those thoughts. Hold those thoughts captive, right? Number two, the opposite of stagnant water is flowing water like the living water. John 7 in verses 37 to 39 says Jesus once again speaks of living water saying, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So what is living water? We know that it's the opposite of stagnant water, but living water is a symbol for salvation, true knowledge of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. God provides us with everything we need, and that is literally the living water that continues and will always give to us. But how do we let this water flow? Well, I think I say this every episode. (laughs) We get in the word. We open our Bibles. We invite the Holy Spirit in. We read, we learn. In Romans 10, 17, one of my favorite scriptures, it says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. We want to grow our faith. We have to grow in the word of God. We have to, ladies, listen, we have to come to a place to where God's word is more real to us than anything that we can taste, see, hear, smell, or feel. When we're in doubt, refer back to the word of God. Faith literally comes from his word. The opposite of doubt is trust. We must trust and have faith in God's word. The only way to do that is by actually getting in his word. This podcast, though I love you guys listening, is not enough. This should not be your weekly Bible reading, right? A devotional once a week isn't enough. We need to get into his word daily. 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us all scripture is God-breathed and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. If you are having thoughts that are doubting God or his word or us, like our identity in him, then get into the word. Why? Because the word is very clear on who God is. It's very clear on the Holy Spirit and Jesus. It's very clear on who we are, who we were created to be, our purpose, how he's made us. And we can trust that the Bible is true. Therefore, we need to bring our doubts to him and he will show us through his word. Number three, I remember that when I would feel those doubts, some of those thoughts that weren't from him, I would feel like it separated me from God. Like how I'm an unlikely candidate to do this ministry, it would almost, it would start as that, like, oh, I don't think, maybe God has it wrong. Ladies, friends, God does not have it wrong. He does not get things wrong. (laughs) So that thought is not true, right? And so, but I let that thought start. And then it was like, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm not like who he wanted me to be, or I'm unloved or unwanted, or, I mean, you could keep going. It could keep spiraling out of control, right? Right. Those thoughts were not from God. Those thoughts 
were started with something simple like, oh, how could God use me for this? This is too big for me. I'm not good enough for any of it. I could have let it spiral to all the way down to he doesn't love me or maybe he made a mistake. When I know (laughs) the Bible tells me those are both wrong. But if you let that one doubted, that seed of doubt sit and fester, that's the bacteria that can grow from it. It goes from like, man, can I do this to I'm unloved in a full-blown identity crisis. Lady, that none of those thoughts, that bacteria, if you will, <laughs> none of that is from God. And that seed of doubt can make us feel distance from God. God doesn't move. He's always there for us. But we sort of inch ourselves away from him because we're feeling like mm, something's not right. I'm not good enough or whatever else, right? That is not of God. So if we have this distance, I want you to run to him basically, but I want you to spend time in prayer and repenting and remembering that if we feel distant from God, God is never far from us. In Romans 8, 38 to 39, it says that nothing can separate us from God's love. And in Psalm, David says, there's no place we can go to run away from God. He is always guiding us, always holding us. God might feel far, but he is always near. We get the opportunity to fill in those gaps, really. In Hebrews 4, 16, it says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. When you're feeling that distance, I want you to turn your face back to the Lord, go sit with him in prayer, come boldly to the throne of God, ask for repentance. Like, God, I have these, these doubts, God, can you, can I share these with you? I feel like I'm not good enough. Lord, forgive me for any doubt, but please fill me with your Holy Spirit to remind me of who I am. God, please help me to remember that you are sovereign and you are good and you are mighty and you want good works for your children, God. Like all of those things we can say to him, we can come boldly to his throne, ask for his forgiveness, but then ask for him to remind us to empower us, to equip us, right? We get to go face to face with the living God. And that is so amazing. But sometimes we feel like we can't do it. So I'm encouraging you that whatever doubt or lack of confidence you're experiencing, maybe today even, that right now, as soon as we're done with this podcast, you would do the activity. But before that, you would talk to God because he's not far from us. He's waiting for us to come back to him. So having a prayerful conversation with him and telling him, like he cares, right? He cares what our thoughts and our fears and our doubts are. And so presenting to them to him and like asking for our help. He loves you. You can come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Friends, let's do some action items. I believe, (laughs) because I was taught this in sports growing up, that the best offense is a good defense. The best offense, excuse me, is a good defense. And I want you to take action. So I have something that we're going to do together. First, we can save this if you're driving or running or whatever you're doing, then save this for later. But if you are have a minute, it'll only take you a few minutes, get a paper and a pen, fold it so there are three columns. The first column is going to be titled your doubt or your lie. This is where you're going to write a doubt or lie that you believe. The second column, title it scripture. 
This will be the scripture you dig in your word to refute your lie. The third column is going to be our I am statement. You're going to change this thought and lie and reverse it using the scripture. So let's do an example. For example, in my first column, I'm going to write my lie is I am not good enough. Okay, that's my lie. My second column is that the scripture I would use to fight this lie, for example, there's a lot, but in, for example, Ephesians 2.10, it says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Boom. (laughs) Number three, that then my I am statement, if you would, I'm going to use that scripture to fight the lie and write it out how I would I would talk or I would say. So for me, this would look like I am good enough because Jesus Christ lives in me. He has prepared me for the Abundant Woman Collective beforehand. I am created in Christ Jesus and will do what he has called me to do. Okay, I have my lie. I combat my lie with the scripture. And then I use the scripture to write out a sentence that sounds like me. It's my words, right? And I'm writing these out. I highly, highly encourage you to do that. Take that piece of paper, keep going. What other lie, like dig into your mind and your heart and see what else is is festering in there. What else can you, you need to root out and get rid of right now, right? Highly encourage you to do this. And then save them so you can see later how the Lord is working on you and how he's worked through this. If you're feeling bold and want some cheerleading, then share them on social and tag me or privately send them to me at the Abundant One Co. I will cheer you on, guys. I have done this exercise (laughs) so many times. And so I love it. I think it's super helpful. I think it's super powerful. You can also use that piece of paper when you're all done with the exercise to pray and give it to God because you'll see like, this is my life. God, take this life from me. Thank you for providing your word that is true. Thank you for helping me believe that I am created and I am good enough because of what you've done on the cross, right? So that is one step. Use the verses to combat doubt. If you want to take it a tiny step further, you can print those verses. And I have scripture cards on my website, and then I'll put them in the show notes below. But they are scriptures that remind us of who we are in Christ. So you can print the ones you wrote out. You can print the ones already designed. But I've had seasons where I've hung them on the fridge because we go to the fridge like 100 times a day, on my car, in my wallet, on my girl's bathroom, on my mirror, right? Until you memorize these scriptures. Step B, if you will, taking action, thankfully, because the enemy doesn't really have new tricks. So he will use this one time and time again. So you can use this worksheet, this activity we did time and time again, maybe even once a month, take, take like a mental inventory, but also we get to have the power of the living God inside of us. So when we get these thoughts, we don't have to wait to do the exercise. We can take them, catch them with our little net, rebuke them and throw them out. What does it look like? It looks like I'm declaring out loud, like if I am doing something and I'm not good enough pops in my head, I say, I stop and I say, nope, that's not of you, God. Like I rebuke that thought in Jesus name. I declare that those thoughts need to flee from me. I pray the blood of Jesus over me. Like, Lord, come fill me with your confidence. I rebuke doubting. I know who I am and who I was created to be. Lord, forgive me. Fill me with assurance, right? Stuff like that. I do those right away. Why? Because there's power in our words and we have the living God running and living in us. And he gives us that power to just get rid of those thoughts right away, right away. 
Sister friend, I hope this message encourages you and equips you today. If you aren't in our Facebook group, I'd encourage you to join us. We're going to be talking about doubt a lot this week. And so you can come join, be with like-minded women, feel the community, and just be with us, okay? Last but not least, one of my favorite things to do each episode is to give you some little bonuses. So one of the bonuses is freebie. It's the freebie scripture cards that are on my website and in the show notes. Download those. It's free. Print them. Make them. Memorize them, right? Then also, the kids gave me this song. I said, baby, what's our favorite song right now? And it is Don't Tread on Me by We the Kingdom. We sing it at church. We sing it probably daily in the car. But it is an upbeat little little bit of rock song that says don't tread on me. So listen to it. And it's perfect for this message that we're talking about today because don't tread on me, enemy. Doubt has no place in our lives. Right, ladies? Right. All right. Thanks, ladies, for listening. I can't wait to see your activities. I can't wait to see how you're combating doubt and stepping and pursuing confidence. I'm so excited for this journey that we are on together. Until next time. Friend, I hope you were blessed by this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before you go, quick things. One, can you follow us on social? I would love to get social with you. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube all have the username Abundant Woman Co. Come say hi. Also, we have a free Facebook community that has women just like you building community going after Jesus and just making connections. Come join us there. I can't wait to meet you. And last, I would love if you could screenshot this episode and share it on your socials for a chance to be featured. Until next time.